0: This is Podco Media Networks.
1: It's the Demystifying Data Podcast with Chris Clegg, where we deconstruct the tools and techniques marketers need to make data more actionable. Here's Chris. Hello, welcome. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Demystifying Data. I'm your host, Chris Clegg. And today, this is part one of a two-part series with Steve Rondazzo. He is the founder and president of ProMotion and really a veteran in the experiential industry. He's written a book called Brand Experience, Building Connections in a Digitally Cluttered World. And I really enjoyed the interview with Steve. He's got a lot of insights on how experiential keeps us young. He's got what it was like being in the agency world during the financial crises of 2007, 2008. He talks about how social isn't all that social and two things that brands really want. And I think you're gonna enjoy the first part of this interview. So with no further ado, here's my interview with Steve Rondazzo of Promotion. Hey, Steve, so happy you could be on the podcast. You know, I'm really excited to talk about the book. But first, you know, tell me a little bit about yourself. Tell me about how you got started. Or was it always experience
0: marketing? Well, first of all, Chris, thanks for having me on. Been really looking forward to this chat today. So thank you so much. You know, it's it's really odd. I was talking to my 20-year-old son last night before he went back to college, and we were just talking about my career. And yeah. I basically told him events and experiential is really all I must know how to do because it's all I've done since the beginning, like coming out of college, I okay. was doing events for the Kansas City Royals, in-stadium events, out-stadium events. I came back to St. Louis, worked for a regional soft drink company. I ran all their events. You know, I, I basically always referred to it. I got to to play with all the toys that, you know, we sent all over the place, whether it was air balloons or, you know, concession trailers and inflatables. And we even had a parachute team, which was really cool. And then, I know, I, I spent about four years at Ralston Purina, where I'm kind of, you know, I thought I needed to get into corporate America, do that resume building thing. Yeah. And then I realized pretty quickly that that wasn't for me. But it took me four years to officially get out of there. I worked for an agency. For about 18 months, it was a turnaround. I had a lot of fun. And then I said, you know what? i always wanted my own company. I'm just going to start my own agency. So that's what we did. And it was 25 years ago. Chris, I mean, I must have been eight years
1: old. when. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going to ask, you know, I don't want to yeah. date you, but, but what was the arena work like then versus what it's like now? It's got to have changed a lot in the last three decades. <laughs> it's changed
0: just in so many ways. I used to say to be in... You know, we called it event marketing back then. Of course, now it's experiential marketing. You know, I used to say, you know, if you want to start your own event agency, all you need is a pickup truck and a ladder. And you, you know, you pretty yeah. much can go out Excellent. there and do events. And today it's a lot more sophisticated and the industry's really grown up. And, you know, I remember, I mean, I vividly remember, you know, the first five years, nobody cared about ROI. They were just yeah. like, you know, what? We're out there. We're face-to-face with humans. That's a great thing. They're tasting our product. They're engaging with us. They're learning yeah. about us. That's all they really cared about. And yeah, you know, yeah. like Impression numbers and how many people did you, you know, how long were your conversations? What conversations did you have and things like this? And, and then, you know, as we grew up and the industry grew up, technology started to become more and more important and the whole ROI Measurement is is you know is hot you know everybody you know everybody's got to go back after spending money go back to the CFO and say hey you gave me this much money and here's what I was able to to turn it into and you know we're building our brand you know we're engaging consumers you know we converted sales you know all those things are really important to our customers and the people that they report to so we try and set our customers up for success we work really hard to make them. We always say internally here, we, you know, our job is to make our clients rock stars in their organizations, and the way to yeah. do that yeah. is to exceed their expectations and deliver more than they thought they were going to get. So, day in and day out, that's what we strive to do. And you know, 25 years later, I still love this industry. I still love what we do. I feel young. I think it's an industry that keeps you young. If you start feeling old in this industry, probably it's time to go because you know the things that turn us on is every day is different. Every client has a new challenge. It's all you know all falls around this the same kind of buckets. You know, they're they're having trouble standing out in the cluttered environment or not enough people have tried their products or you know they have a technical product. So not enough people have a chance to go through a demo, whatever it happens to be, you know, those problems are consistent through all of our our customers, but every day is different. And we love that. And we either have an extra chip in our mind or we're missing a chip. I'm not sure which. But you know the industry is fun. You know we we love the the variety and uh, just love helping
1: brands grow. I mean that just yeah. turns me on so much. It is exciting. I love uh, I love the diversity because I could be talking about pizza in the morning and then I'm talking about whiskey midday, military service in the afternoon, and then maybe. Finances at night and the widespread uh, selection of industries that get engaged and experiential make it a lot of fun. I, I sometimes envy not being on the brand side because of the idea of diving into something very deep, but the diversity that I get to experience on the agency side is, has been, has been a good run for sure. Absolutely yeah it's it's
0: fun being on this side just because you get to learn so much faster because you have input from all kinds of areas like you were just talking That's about. True. You have all the input coming in and, and challenges and you grow faster. I just think being at an agency, you know it, was, it just wasn't for me being corporate America. I know you know a lot of our clients love it and you know yeah. it's great. you've got to find you know where they're happy. But boy, it's like the learning curve is so quick and it's just fun. It just, it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we, we love working with all the
1: diversity that we, that we get to work with in different brands. Yeah. Great. So 25 years, 30 years plus as a career, would you do it all the same? Or is there any regrets, anything that you felt took you off the main path? I'm not a no regret guy at all. I am a no regret.
0: I'm not a, a guy who, you know, who goes back and say, you know, I regret this or regret that. There's obviously things that I would change if I could go back. But it's all part of that learning. And, you know, it's some of the mistakes or the failures were expensive. And, you know, I'd love to have that money back. But, you know, you you got to learn from it. And, you know, I think we learned a ton back in 2008, 2009, when the world changed and the financial world and everything. And I knew we had great, really great relationships with our clients and, you know, really strong and, you know, had some clients that were a couple of them were 10 plus years they've been working with us and when that whole thing happened boy it's amazing how how humbling that is and and how you realize you're not as smart as you thought you were and it's time yeah. really to to learn so we're different today than we were even you know back in 2007 2008 because we've learned so much and we learned how to be better and yeah it was financially it stunk but you yeah. know we probably wouldn't be here today if we didn't go through that and just, you know, be able to to learn and grow as an organization and me as the leader of this organization. But no regrets, you know, none, none whatsoever. I'm excited that I finally, after like 10 years of wanting to write a book, I finally got a book started and completed, you know, in the last couple of years. That's been a really fun ride. That's, that's something that I've, I think has just driven a bunch of energy and enthusiasm into me because I, I always knew that I, I enjoyed teaching people about our industry. Yeah. But I got to write the book, which is, you know, there's you know, the feedback I've gotten has been really good. It's been humbling. I, I I have to tell you that where so many people is like, you know, people close to me, like my brother-in-law is like, Oh, I knew what you did, but until I read your book, I didn't really understand what you did, you know, because it's, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of hard sometimes to explain what we do for brands if you're not you know, in the marketing world. So to be able to help people, and you know, we I've had so much good feedback from people I don't even know, like on LinkedIn. It's like, hey, I bought your book, and it taught me this, and I really appreciate it. And I had one uh, VP of experiential marketing, a really big brand, I mean, a humongous brand, Send me a note, and and basically he said that you know if if I would have read your book ten years ago, it would have made us so much better at what we do. And this is a brand that's really active, and not a client, but yeah, really really active in our industry. And it's
1: like, wow, that's that was fun. That's that's pretty you gotta, cool. You gotta love hearing that for sure, for sure. Well, the the book's title is Brand Experience: Building Connections in a Digitally Cluttered World. So. How do we know for sure that Experiential cut through that digital clutter? Well, first of all, you know, d-
0: digital is 2D and Experiential is 3D. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. we get instant feedback when we go to an event. You know this well. We're out at a state fair for Tractor Supply Company, and we know that that night, after a family of four have come in and experienced Tractor and everything that we do – on site, there. They've spent 15 or 20 minutes having their family do all kinds of fun interactions. You know, everything from beanbag toss game, where we call feed the animals, to getting to sit on this giant bull that we have that's a taxidermy. It, it used to be a real bull. So it's, you know, huge and they get to uh-huh. take their on it. and. We've had people tell us that that's their Christmas picture. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, the tractor logo shows up in their photo, and they're going to use it as their, their Christmas photo with for their family. So we know at, at the end of that day that they're going to remember the experiences that they had at the fair, and we have a pretty good idea that they're going to remember that engagement that they had with the tractor supply company brand. And they're going to remember that. And they're going to show those photos to their neighbors and their friends. They're going to post it on Facebook. And they're going to yeah. keep extending that reach. And, you know, their kids won prizes. Mom and dad got, got things. So, you know, the, the swag is laying around their house. So we know that we've cut through the clutter there. The opposite with social media, which isn't really very social because it's gotten so much like media. There's so much clutter out there. And I don't know about you. I was on Twitter last night. I don't remember anything about it. There's nothing that stood out. There's nothing that was like, oh, you know, this was amazing. This cut through the clutter. It created an emotional connection. I mean, you just rarely do you get that in social media. Just like, it's almost like a, you're standing in an overpass on a highway. If you're thinking about the analogy of social media and there's just a yeah. hard flying by yeah. cars, trucks and motorcycles and boom, boom, boom. They're all passing you. And how do you stand out now? Maybe there's an extra loud one or an extra big one or an extra cool one. You know, maybe you remember, you know, Hey, there was a Lamborghini that went by, but you don't see many Lamborghinis going by. So it's just noise. It's just and the same thing is, is, is true with social media. It's just noise. It's so much clutter and not, you know, not much sticks. There aren't many brands out there that are killing it in social media. So I know our industry. stands out. I know it does. There's an emotional connection that you get that you just don't get with social media. And, you know, quite frankly, you don't, you don't get it. You know, when you go to a, a sporting event and you see all those flat ads all over a sporting event, you don't get it. When yeah. you're, you know, you're watching TV. I don't know about your family, but, you know, we DVR things and we don't watch live TV very often unless it's a sporting yeah. event. So, we're not watching ads. Nobody's going to sit there. And, you know. In fact, my kids are like, do we have to watch this? I'm like, well, unfortunately yeah. on this show, we can't zoom past it. So yeah. <laughs> and so what does everybody do? They pick up their phones and they're looking at their social media and they're, they're, they're just trying to kill the time. So I know that in the three-dimensional world that we live in for our clients and, and their brands, I know we cut through the clutter. I know our industry cuts through the clutter and and there's nothing else out there that builds that emotional connection like human to human interaction.
1: I read that you wrote, and I might be paraphrasing a little bit, that marketers rely on dated tactics that yield little or no ROI. Why do you think that's the case? Why do, why do these dated tactics continue?
0: Well, I think social media kind of took off after, what, 2010, 2012, somewhere around there. A lot of brands, a lot of marketers were trying to figure out how to stand out. It's sort of like what's going on with TikTok right now. A lot of noise around TikTok and because the engagement is is so high. But you know, there's going to be a time that TikTok is going to have the same clutter that Instagram has or Snapchat has or Twitter has today. It's tough because there's not that emotional connection. So brands all ran to social media as an inexpensive way to get their message out. And so they you know, they were talking about impressions, sort of like what you see in TV ads. And we got X number of impressions, how many eyeballs? And eyeballs are, are good, you know, for sure. You know, you need to have awareness and there are ways to build awareness. But if you want to convert and you want to engage and you want your target human being to come into your franchise, yeah. You give them a compelling reason to do so. And, you know, I just, I, I think social media hasn't been around that long, but I think it's already, it kind of falls into status quo marketing. You know, it's like, well, that's what you do when, you know, you you don't have a lot of money and you're trying to get, get the word out of about your brand. You know, you do social media, but I don't think it's converting. I don't think it's growing. You know, I don't think it it has the ROI opportunities that you know we get to show our clients every day with
1: experiential. Yeah. How do you think about ROI in this context? Like what does ROI mean to you and how are you how are you using it or thinking about it? Well, at the beginning of every relationship we have
0: with our customers, we sit down and talk about what has to happen. You know, what, yeah. why why are you why do you think that experiential is the right thing for your brand? And at the end of this program and you've spent X dollars, what what do you need to have happened? So you know it's the Stephen Covey start with the end in Mind kind of theory, and you know it, it works, so it's like, okay, what, do you, what are you trying to achieve? And that's where we start finding out what our ROI needs to be. You know, well, you know I need to I need to drive a certain number of people back into my stores. Okay. I need x number of people to try my product because we have research that says, you know, once you try it, x percent of people. Actually convert and they buy, you know. And B two B and B two C both have some similar ROI metrics, but a lot of them are completely different. So, you know, we we see B two B probably being the fastest growing area of our world. There are a lot of brands out there that are trying to cut through the clutter, and trade shows aren't working. I think every single B two B customer that we've had in the last five or six years have said to us, "We used to do X number of." trade shows. Now we do X minus Y number of yeah. trade shows because they're just not working. You know, yeah. again, I had, I had this brand marketer come up to me and said, I, I sent something out. We he said, we, we went to 37 trade shows last year. So I sent out a note and I said, give me the business case to go to every one of these trade shows. And he said, you know how many we're going
1: to next year? He said nine. Wow. That's the bottom line. Like they, if, if you can't, if marketers can't prove that what they're doing is delivering for the brand. And if, and if the marketers aren't shaping the context or, or the, the language around success to be directly parallel to the priorities of the team that commissioned the marketing in the first place, if that connection is not made and it's not clearly reported back, then it's not going to get repeated. And marketing that can prove its impact and value gets done again and that which can't doesn't it's really that simple isn't it 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 really is and every brand out there
0: yours mine every one of our clients that we talk with they want two things they want to keep all their current customers and they want to go get more customers so (laughs) you know it's like it's like it's really that simple
1: I hope you enjoyed the first part of this interview with Steve. Really fascinating. And I loved his insights around why social isn't all that social and how it's quickly becoming more like any media buy. You know, in part two, I don't want you to miss that because he's got some great insights around how consumers opt into experiential. And how we think about opt-in and permission-based marketing and the role experiential plays in that schema or that mind frame. So that's that's certainly an interesting part of the conversation. And, and really, it's discussed in the context of how's a brand going to use experiential to get more customers. And Steve's got some great insights in there. So tune into part two. and And certainly, thank you for listening. I hope you got some value in the podcast today. If you're not a subscriber, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I hope you're having a great day. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Tune in next time as Chris Clegg continues demystifying data. Meantime, head over to demystifyingdata.co to learn more.